All right, Faith Promise. How are we doing this weekend? You guys can have a seat. Y'all can have a seat. Y'all, y'all can do a little better than that. Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? All right, that's a little bit better. I know you may be taking a little aback. You know, you were expecting Pastor Chris. Instead, this handsome man stands before you. Why is that so funny? I have jokes, but that wasn't one. Okay, no. Hey, my name is Zach Stevens. Uh, I'm privileged to be one of our pastors on staff at, at Faith Promise Church. Pastor Chris is sick, has a bad sinus infection. Uh, so I, I got the call, a uh, privilege to be able to come and, and be here with you today. Now, Pastor Chris, now, if, if you've been coming to Faith Promise, you know Pastor Chris can say some crazy stuff when he's not on medicine, Okay. Lord knows what the man would say if he was up here on some pain medicine, okay? So no, but Pastor Chris, is, he's got a bad inside infection. If you guys could pray for him, that, that guy is tough. Uh, I've watched him preach through C. diff. I watched him preach through uh, really about anything. But so you know if he's not here, he's in, he's in bad shape. So if you guys would be praying with him. Again, my name is Zach Stevens, and I am so excited to be here with you. I love Faith Promise. Faith Promise is my home. It's my family. Um, and in this season of my life, I get the opportunity to serve as our global student pastor. Uh, so I help all of our locations, all nine locations. Can we not give God some praise for that? Nine locations. That's unbelievable. Hey, actually, I, I was just thinking about this um, as, as, uh, as I was getting ready for the message. Hey, raise your hand at all of our campuses. If you've ever called another, a different church, if you've ever called a different church home than Faith Promise. So, yeah, hands all over the room. I don't know about you, you can put them down. I don't know if you ever thought you would go to church and you would welcome nine campuses and you would celebrate baptisms every service. I love, I was, I was up front and I was worshiping, my eyes closed, had my hands raised and I love that uh, the, the room broke out in applause and I had no question in my mind what it was about. That there's people saved and baptized every week. I pray that we don't get used to that. I pray that that's something that we are thankful for, that we are grateful for. So Pastor Chris wants me to tell you he loves you, but his loss is your gain, people, okay? So you are welcome. No, but hey, as we enter this, to this season of things. It's my prayer, it's our prayer, it's faith promise that we would be explosively thankful. Now, some of you guys are about to enter into one of the hardest mission fields on the planet, right? Harder than if you went to a third world country. You're about to go to your in-laws. You're about to go, your families are coming in, okay? You're, you, you know, uh, I see you elbowing people already. You know it's coming, okay? Uh, Thanksgiving is here. You're gonna sit by that weird uncle or you're gonna, you're gonna do something, that person that smells weird all the time. I don't know what it looks like for you. But hey, it's my prayer, it's, it's our desire. That as you go, no matter where you go to, if you're going to a house full of believers or if you're going to people who do not know Jesus and you know that intimately, that you would go in with this explosive gratitude and thankfulness for what God is doing in your life. Because God's doing some special stuff at Faith Problems. We're going to celebrate at the end of the service our, our gift for Heart for the Harvest. We're going to celebrate what we did at Compassion. God is doing some special stuff. And I pray that that's what we would brag about. Not our promotion or not our kids. That we would first and foremost brag about the gratitude that we have for what God is doing. And And this series highlights it so well as we talk about Love Starts Here. This is our challenge for this series. And if you missed last week, as Pastor charged this series, I want to encourage you, go to the website, download the app, listen to the message. It was unbelievable. It absolutely changed the trajectory of your thinking. But this right here is the challenge for this whole series, to take one step closer to being and bringing, that's important, to being and bringing, uh, the, the, uh, bringing, bringing love to real people and real problems all around us. This is a big deal. And it doesn't matter what your one step looks like. You may have given your life to Christ last week. You may have been a Christ follower. It seems like your whole life. This right here, if we can all, if we can all together 
link arms and, and commit. I'm gonna take one step closer to being and bringing the real love. Our world will not look the same. Here's my prayer for this series, for this message that the enemy's plans would not be safe around faith promised people. That the enemy's plans around you, around your family, around your loved ones, even around strangers who bump shoulders with you at the supermarket, that the devil's plans would not be safe in their life. The lies that he's told them, the addictions that they struggle with, the things that they've quit on, that those things would not be the same because we are committed to taking one step closer to being and bringing the real love of Christ. Amen, faith promise, can we get behind that? That's my desire, that's our desire, that the enemy's plans would not be safe. Again, last week we talked about the Good Samaritan, uh, and, and it, was, it was phenomenal. I, I saw that passage in ways I never saw it before. We talked about how we cannot leave real love to chance, that it's not something we just leave out there. We have to be intentional about it. Uh, one, one thing that was said last week, and this should, be a, this should be a shirt, this should be a tattoo, this should at least be a meme. It was so good. Uh, talked about how the good of real love is the go-do. The good of real love is the go-do because what good is real love without the go-do? And I pray that we are a people marked, that we are a people marked by go-do. Now within these walls at church, when we come to church, I believe we are go-do people. And there's things all around. Again, we're gonna celebrate Heart for the Harvest, but we just need to take a moment and celebrate what God is doing already. Uh, Faith Promise, we went and did last weekend, we had Compassion here, uh, if you weren't here, we, and we were sponsoring Compassion Kids. And it's my pleasure to tell you that we sponsored 748 kids last weekend. Is that not unbelievable? Is that not unbelievable? Man. God is so good. I know uh, at, at the, the Farragut camp, so I get the, the privilege to lead uh, right now with, with my wife, Rachel. Uh, we, we were ready and excited to sponsor a kid. And seriously, after the second service, we, there, there was no kids left, which is unbelievable. God is so good. We are so grateful to be a part of a church like Faith Promise. Something else that's exciting I want you guys to see is in your seats, there's the FP Mission Magazine. And listen, this right here, I pray, if you're somebody you have trouble starting conversations, here it is. I, and I, I don't want you to rival through with the full message, but I do want you to take it and, and just, this is incredible. This is stories of just a few of our missionaries uh, who are all around the world. And whenever you give at Faith Promise, whenever you're generous at Faith Promise, it's not just to planning campuses, it's just sending this real love to real people all around the world. It's for us to fight problems, whether we see them or not, whether they're spiritual whether they're poverty, whatever it might be, so we can fight them. So I want to encourage you. I want to ask you, after you share this with your family, after you celebrate with your family, that you would take this to work, that you would take this to school, that you would show off and show out what God is doing because the best days of the church are still to come. Amen, Faith Promise. We're excited about that. Best days of the church are still to come. And that magazine, that magazine's a great opportunity. So every week, every week, um, we're asking that God would expand our hearts while we're in this series. That God would expand our hearts so that we can do more. So that we can be the go-do, so we can be the hands and feet of the gospel. Now, let, let, me, let me tell you about this, what we're, what we're gonna walk through, but this is hard work, okay? Heart work is hard work. Heart work is hard work. Now, I, at least one time in your life, you've planted your heart into something. Maybe it was a marriage, maybe it was just a relationship, maybe it was a profession. I don't know what it was. But I, I, would, I would go out on limbs here and say, all of us have put our heart in something and have gotten it hurt. And the enemy has woven this beautiful lie in that we don't need to put our heart into our work, 
because it's painful, because it's hard. But heart work is hard work. Heart work is hard work. And we as believers are called to do the hard work, but it has to be with our hearts. We have to be able to put ourselves in there. This can only be done through the Holy Spirit. So I want to take a moment and I want to pray because this right here, this is not natural. This is supernatural. This right here, this is what Jesus, when, when God, because God went out of his way to show off his, show off his love, right? He, he didn't leave the chance. He brought it all the way from heaven to earth so that we could have a relationship with God. So heart work is hard. Well, let's pray right now and ask God to prepare us that we would never be the same after today. God, we come before you. Holy Spirit, we know you're in this room. Jesus, you say we're two more God that you are also. And I pray that you would go far beyond our worship, that you go far beyond my message, God, and you would flip, you would reach down inside us and you would turn on the switch of real love. God, that our families, that our friends, our personal life would never be the same because we experience a, a personal revival of real love. God, as we look at the word, the word is so much different than what the world says that we should be. God, I pray that that would be our barometer, that that would be our gauge, that we would go back and check. God, you are real love for us, but are we real love? God, I pray that you would put a trajectory shift on everybody, that no one, including myself, that no one would leave the same. God, please use us. It's in your precious and we pray, amen. So, hey, I, I read this magazine in News, uh, Newsweek. Newsweek, you may, I don't know if you read magazines or not, but they, they put out an article uh, it, it just, just from American citizens on, hey, what, what does love look like to you? And it's interesting, that this is something that, this was a quote I took out of that, that article. People were, more, uh, people were more in agreement about loving actions where there's more authenticity, perhaps, instead of a person just saying something. So the world knows, and, and, and we, we've all heard this, right, that, that your, your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear what your words are saying, right? We, we've all heard that. The world knows it too. So when it comes to our walk with God, I want us to know this. Whenever you say, hey, I'll, 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 I'll pray for that and just forget about it, that's not love. That's not real love. Real love is mixed with actions, with authenticity. This is what God has called us to be because our God is authentic. Our God showed us authentic, real love through his actions and that's what we're called to show our world. That's why last week we learned about how we can't leave real love to chance, right? We don't leave stuff that matters to chance. So here's what we're gonna talk about this week is God is love, are you? God is love for you. And I don't want you to think about your neighbor. I don't want you to think about your husband, your wife, your kids. I want you to think about you. So often we take the Bible and, and there's a couple times in the Bible, we're actually read a passage today where the Bible is referenced as a mirror for us to look in it and see who we're supposed to be. But so often we use it as a window to look out and judge somebody else. We use it as a window to look out and say, ah, I'm not that bad, right? I'm more loving than that person, but that's not our barometer. Our barometer where we're at is God, right? Because real love is not left to chance. Things that matter in our life, we don't leave to chance, right? You don't go to the grocery store, swipe your debit card and say, ooh, I hope it works, right? Oh, Lord, help us, right? That's not, that's not what you do. No, you don't, you don't, you don't, whenever you get in your car, you don't put a, a sticker over your gas tank and say, Jesus, take the wheel, right? You know how much gas is in your car so you don't run out. Or some of you guys be later to church than you already were, right? So either way. So we, the things that matter, we know about them. We know where there are. So what about real love? What about the love that God has called us to show the world? Because God was very intentional about his love when he sent the one thing that he had one of, which was his son Jesus, to bridge the gap between a perfect God and a sinful people. 
He was very intentional about that. And you know what? Something else that love is, that this real love is, it's more than a feeling. See, the, the enemy has woven this incredible lie in that love is about these goosebumps. It's about these feelings. It's about, you know, what, 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 what my feel, the warm, the warm fuzzies. But real love, real love is so much more than that. And the way I know that the enemy has put that lie and perpetrated that onto us and that we bought it is because the divorce rate is at 54%. Something that will start as, as, as a Christian, a bond between a man and a woman that, that let, let no man tear apart, right? But, but because it's about feelings, because it's about the warm fuzzies, but it's, it's about so much more than that. See, when I was thinking and praying through that, I really feel like the, the devil has tried to slide some virtual reality glasses on our love, on our relationship with God, right? I don't know if you've ever seen a virtual reality fail where, you know, like people are in Best Buy or whatever, and they're playing a game with virtual reality and they forget where they are. Then a zombie pops out, ah, right? And they get scared. They look silly, right? And I think the enemy has done it to us. He's put a little virtual reality glasses on us and, and we'll be okay to give and we'll be okay, you know, maybe to send a nice text or something on Facebook or whatever. But when it comes to putting our heart, our heart out there for the hard work, that's a little harder because real love is more about more than about feelings. Real love shows up and shows out no matter what. So I, I know that's all my word. So let's look at God's word. Let's let God set the table for how we're supposed to look at love. In 1 John 4, 8, it says this, the one who does not love does not know God for God is love. Now that, that's pretty self-explanatory. That's intense, right? That, that's, 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 that's strong. The one who does not love does not know God, right? For God is love. But if I can make this just a little more potent to you, because if you take the Greek phraseology of the do not know, if you take it quite literally, it means not only do you not know, it means you never knew. So if you read this literally, it'll say the one who, do, the one who does not love does not know nor has ever known God. See, not loving each other, not loving the people around us wasn't an option in how God's called us to live our life. When God tells us about John 10, 10, life and life to the full, he is, he is, he is assuming we are loving each other. And I, this is what I love about God is God is not just all about words. God's about action. You know, God doesn't just tell us to do something he hasn't already done, which is crazy. In Romans 5, 8, we read this. But God demonstrated his own love. He demonstrated, he showed, he was real love. He had action, his own love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right, this, this love is intentional. God not only is love, God does love. And here's what I want us to see here. God had everything at his disposal, right? Everything, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's got all the power, he knows it all. God's got everything, but yet the change agent that God used was love. The change agent that God used to send salvation, the change agent God used was, was a real sacrificial demonstration of love and we're called to be the same. So we're gonna walk through a passage today that you may have heard. If you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard it. It's called the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. But, but, but before we go through it, because this passage is so strong and it means something really special to me, and I, I want us to get this before we dive into it. I want you to know two things about 1 Corinthians 13. See, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's set up very well in 1 Corinthians 12. So actually, when I was younger, uh, my, my dad was, was very intentional about me having a quiet time, very intentional about me spending time with God. So I remember, I, I would just read through the Bible. Sometimes I didn't understand it. But I remember reading through 1 Corinthians when I was 11. 
I was in FP students, right? And I was saved at this point. But I was reading through, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12. And at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, which is right before 1 Corinthians 13, right? At the very end, it's talking about the, the body of Christ. We all come together and we, you know, there's some of us that are hands and feet and we all come together. And obviously, I'm thinking what all you guys are thinking that like the Power Rangers, right? Where they all come together and they make the big robot and they kick the, you know, the big monster butt or the dinosaur, whatever it is. I was like, yeah, that is, yeah, I'm 11 years old, first of all. I still think the same way now, but I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Right? That's what we're supposed to be. And then, and then you keep on going and said, some will be pastors, some will be teachers, some will be apostles, some will be healers. And I, my mouth is on the floor. I'm like, we can do this stuff still. Miracles are still available. This is crazy. This is what we're supposed to be. And then at the very end, how Paul ends uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is he says, but long for the greater gifts. I'm like, what? say what there's greater gifts right and then it says it says there's a more excellent way to live and I was like it's about to go down I actually put my Bible down for a second I was like I'm gonna read first Corinthians 13 I'm gonna turn into a super spiritual superhero I'm gonna get a cape I'm gonna get spandex it's gonna be real right I was more round at 11 it would have been a great spandex situation but still I was so hyped I was so excited then I went on to read first Corinthians 13 and I really felt slighted. Yeah, because it's all about love, which is 11-year-old, that's doo-doo, right? And I was like, no, right? Where's the laser beam eyes or the soul stare or something, Lord, help me. So I felt slighted, I moved on. But now, um, as somebody who has a family and kids and have gotten to do ministry a lot, not just at Faith Promise, but in my life, when I sit down with friends and their parents get a divorce after 20 years, they think it's their fault. Or whenever a a little girl comes and she rolls up her sleeve and she's got a hundred cuts from her elbow to her wrist. When a little boy comes up to her prayer and says, hey, I was molested by my dad. I haven't seen him since. Now I realize the, the outfit, the, the uniform of a spiritual superhero is in 1 Corinthians 13. And the change agent that we need is in 1 Corinthians 13. And you know as well as I do that the real love it's gonna change our world. It's gonna come through the Bible. It's gonna come through what we're gonna read through here. So as we process through it, amen. Let's give God some praise. It's solid. It's solid. So I, I pray that we would take it to heart. Another thing I want us to know about this passage is it's not just relegated to weddings. It's not about weddings at all, really. It just lays love out so well that we use it there. But in, in that passage, Paul, Paul lays out the, the value, the virtue, and the victory of real love. It's unbelievable. So I, I want to walk through 1 Corinthians 13 with you. And I, I, I want to tell you that we, we look to the Bible for, for the answer to our real problems. At Faith Promise, if you're new to Faith Promise, whenever we have real problems in our life, we have them daily, we look to the Bible for the reality. And we read it obediently, and we read it often, and we read it attentively, and we try to carry out the best of our ability what it says. So let's walk through this. Here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. God is love, but are we? God is love, but are we? And don't read this thinking about somebody else. Read this thing about ourselves. Read this thinking about us. So let's walk through this together. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak with, God, with tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, we all know somebody like this. When they talk, it's like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you don't know somebody like that, then you are that person, okay? So, but you, you know that, that person that knows everything about everything, right? You bring something up. They've never done it, but they're gonna. Is, now, here's my question. Is that us? Now, now listen, let me, let, me, let me give you this. Here in the South, this is gonna hurt some of you guys. You're not allowed to say, bless their heart and say whatever you want about that person afterwards. Do you know that? 
Yeah, some of you guys, you ought to like that. But hey, listen, you can, listen, listen, do not miss this. You can speak all the truth that you want, but if it's not bathed in love, you are, not only are you wasting your time, but you're hurting other people. We, whenever you say something, when you speak to somebody, it is, if it's not bathed in love, just do me a favor. If people know you're a Christian and you've got something to say, truth may be true, but if you don't want to say it in love, do me a favor, just keep it to yourself. Because not only, you're not hurting you, you're hurting that person, but more than that, you're hurting their view of God because you may throw out God's truth in a judgmental, tainted way. If we, we can have all the truth we want, the tongues of men, the tongues of angels, but if it's not in truth, then we are wasting our time. If it's not in truth, let me just make it a little more real. If it's not in truth, then you're just saying it to make yourself feel better. Sorry, if it's not in love, you're just saying it to make yourself feel better. But whenever we say things, when we love on people, it, it, is, it is to show them God's love. And there's a real way to change our world. There's a real way. There's a way that's better than, than, than a social media rant. There's a way that's better than taking a knee at a football game. There's a way that's better than hating people who look different than you. The better way is by speaking truth in love and loving on the people around us, no matter how we feel, right? But loving on people, letting that be how we live our life. Let's keep on going. In 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and knowledge, but if I have, if I have faith, so to remove mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. You can have all the faith, you can have all the power in the world, but, but if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. So many people, uh, I've, I've been a faith promise for 22 years, 21 years now, and I, I've seen a lot of people leave because they say it's not deep enough. Now, they may be a super Christian because I come every week and I get challenged really bad, right? But really, it's, it's just hard to love. It's hard to love. And it's easier to learn than it is to love, right? It's easier, it's easier to memorize than it is to have action. But God tells us we can have all of it. We can know all the mysteries. We can have all the knowledge. But if we do not have love, we have nothing. Jesus makes this even more real to us in John 13. When he says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that also you love one another. But by this, men and women, by this, men, women, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let me ask you this. If you took an inventory of all your relationships, if you took an inventory of all your text messages, all your social media posts, if you took an inventory of all that stuff, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christ follower? Would there be enough love stacked up for people to say, yeah, that person, that man, that woman, that student, they belong to God. Because this is how God said they will know who we are. Because faith promised if we don't have real love, we might as well pack it up, right? If we don't have real love, we all have something better to do on Sunday. There's no reason to come here and pat ourselves on the back that we came to church. Lakeside Tavern has an incredible breakfast buffet. It's unbelievable. It would change your life. Please do not stop coming to church to go there. I'll get in so much trouble, okay? But seriously, if we don't have real love, we've got better stuff to do for real. We have better things to do. Because you know what? The world, they can go out and download a good experience. They can go out and download lights. They can go out and download worship. They can read the Bible for themselves. But people cannot download real love and real, real uh, community that you can get in church, that you can get from believers. That's why we have to chase people down with this real love. It's not about what we know. It's not about what we can do. It's about how we love. So let me tell you this and ask you this. God is love. Are we? Are you? Let's keep on going to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, verse 3 now. 
If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Faith promise is so generous and we give so much and we try to do so much but if we don't follow it up with the love that has action with the people we see at our house, right? If, if, if we, I, I could give all the money I have in my bank account but if I go home and disrespect my wife and don't love my daughter selflessly and my son, then what am I doing, right? Compassion, heart for the harvest, uh, all is bright, family to family, all these things will net us nothing if we're not following up with real love in our actions. And please don't hear guilt. I can feel the enemy trying to heap guilt on people. That, that is not from God. God does not use guilt, right? I, I pray that we feel a conviction. And, and conviction is not something that should bum us out. Conviction should make us excited. Because it, it, conviction is God taking time to notice us and say, hey, there's better for you. You can do more. So let's look at some love limiters in 1 Corinthians 13. That's some love limiters. Let's look at some of these in 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. I want you to think about this. Is this you? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, right? It, it is not provoked. It does not take into account wrongs suffered, right? This is not the love we see in the world. So let's, let's keep on going. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and endures all things. God is this for us. God is this for us. Are we this for the people around us? This is the kind of love that God expressed for us, that God showed us, that God chased us down from, from heaven to earth to give to us. Is this the kind of love the people around us see? Now you may say, Zach, I'm not God man, I can't do that. I think God knew that we would have that, that excuse. So if you keep on going in 1 Corinthians, you'll see this in chapter 8. Love never fails, but, but, the, but the gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. There are gifts of tongue, they will cease. If there is gift of knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. Now listen, the perfect came. Jesus came. Whenever Jesus came and lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years, he did that so that we could have a relationship with God. Not only so we have a relationship with God, but so that we can live now in the life that he unlocked for us in that John 10, 10, life and life to the full, that we have the ability to live that life now. That, that, that's so what God freed us in. Jesus came, he is the perfect, so the partial could be done away with. We don't have to live in the partial. We don't have to live worried about what other people think. We can live in freedom. We can live knowing that Jesus loves us no matter what. No matter what goes away. And actually, it's funny that we try to relegate that perfect love just to Jesus, right? Because we're insecure, because we've messed up, and the devil tells us you can't do it. And the devil tells us that you can't love that way, that you're too selfish. That's a lie from the enemy that he wants to heap on you to keep you from doing the miracles that God has put in your path. See, all throughout the Gospels, uh, Jesus does his prayer. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. You probably heard it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we call that the Lord's Prayer. But if you look, whenever Jesus said that, he said, you, me, we should pray this way. Then he prayed. That should be the Lord's Prayer. That should be our prayer. That should be the Christian's prayer. That God's kingdom come and his will is done now. Now, how can God's kingdom come now? It comes through our real love. See, if, if you're a Christ follower, you probably look at the world and just thought, hey, the world's dark. Right? Me and my wife tried to watch a Netflix original the other day, and we got about 20 minutes into it. We were like, oh my gosh, anybody can click on this. Seriously, it was, it was unbelievable. 
And the, it seems like, God, and I've, I've been guilty myself of saying the world's getting darker, but God has revealed this to me. The world's not getting darker. Believers are just getting dimmer. Because we're supposed to be a light set on a hill, right? It's something that we're not covered up, amen? Amen. So here, here's the deal. The world's not getting darker. Believers are getting dimmer because I don't know if you've ever walked in a room and flipped on a light, but when you walk in a room and flip on a light, you don't see like a cosmic battle between the light and the darkness, do you? You see the darkness run and hide. And whenever you walk into a room, when you walk into your home, when you walk into work, you flip on the light. You flip on the light through your real love and the darkness has to run and hide, right? And it's, amen, it's not, give God some praise. That's who we are. See, let's just talk about this for a second. It's, it's sitting in my nose, but listen. That, that right there, people didn't even want to clap because you think there's no way that you're the light. There's no way that you can be and do that real love because it's something you've done. You think whenever you got saved that God didn't know what you had done and what you will do? You know how often the devil tries to pin me to my couch with over, by paralysis of over-analysis of my sins? But Jesus knew what I was going to do before he saved me and he thought that I was worth it because his good outweighs my bad. And we, we, when we walk in the room, you turn the light on. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what Jesus did. And he did it for you. He showed us real love so we can do it too. Have you ever, have you ever watched somebody? Have you ever watched somebody do something that you're really good at? You ever watch somebody, maybe you're good at cooking or maybe you're, maybe you're good at tennis or maybe you're good at weightlifting, I don't know what it is, but you watch somebody do something that you're good at and you're like, oh my gosh, right? Oh, they're so bad, right? You're good. I remember me and my brother, uh, Mike was working out and I was teaching him how to deadlift and when you deadlift, you're supposed to keep your back straight, right? And you pick it up and Micah just can't stand, right? Me being better than anything. I've been lifting for years, right? So we had 400 pounds on the bar. It's like Micah's like second week, right? So you're, you do not straighten your back, right? or you're, sorry, bend your back. So Micah picks that thing up about like this, and I, I just, I, I know there's just going to be blood just running down his leg. He's going to die, right? Whenever you watch somebody do something you're bad at, or sorry, something you're good at, a lot of times it's painful. You're like, oh gosh, that could be done so much better. I wonder how often God looks down at us and sees us bogarting our lives and not letting him touch it one bit. We, we box God out. We're like, God, I got it. I've got this relationship. I've got my marriage. I've got my kids. I've got my profession. You worry about you. I got me. And God has, been, God has been showing me something in my life lately. He said, Zach, if you'll take your hands off of your dreams, take your hands off of your life, take your hands off of your marriage, off your kids, off your, off your profession, and put them on other people, then I'll pick up your life. Amen? That, that's good. That's good. God's saying, Zach, if you'll put it down and put your hands to others, I'll pick up your life. I wonder if God's just heartbroken because we won't let him touch our life. If we want hands to him, he'll do a better job. Let's put our hands to the lives of others, to the love of others. Let me tell you this, just to hopefully just drive this home. I read this story about two mountain climbers who were, they were passing each other on a cliff and it's very narrow, uh, the path that they're, they're climbing and they're going the opposite ways. And they get to each other and there's not enough room for them to get by because there's the rock face behind them and there's the the precipice in front of them they'll fall to their death right so and there's no way for them to squeeze by each other and there's miles on either side one of them have to give up their voyage right and they, they've tried and they've squeezed and they can't do it and then without saying a word one of the one of the one of the climbers got down on his knees laid down and let the other climber walk on his back 
Do we live our life more from this position or more from a position standing up and trying to take care of ourselves? Because this right here, this is the position of real love. When it comes to being a good dad, when it comes to being a good husband, when it comes to being a man of God, this is what it is. It's right here. It's not with this microphone in my hand. And it's not people retweeting something spiritual. I said, this right here is what a man or a woman of God looks like. This is what real love looks like. This is what Jesus did for me. His was just on a cross. This is what somebody did for me to show me real love. This right here is the posture, is the position of real love. And I pray this is what faith promise would be known for, letting people stand on our backs, walk on our backs to real love. That our careers or our desires wouldn't be more important. Because I, I think that not only are we laying on, on the path, but I think that we're laying over, over a chasm in the path that they can't get beyond because that's their real problem. These are real people trying to get past a real problem to real love. And I'm okay. I pray that we're okay laying across that chasm for them. Like what Jesus did for us. This is the posture of real love. I pray that's what we would be known for. God has real love for us. Always has been, always will be. What about us to the world around us? Maybe you don't know about this real love because you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Hey, 2,000 years ago, Jesus laid down the cross and gave up every ounce of blood he had, gave up his skin, gave up his breath so that we can have a relationship, a propitiation, a, a, a sacrifice for our, for our sins. And maybe you've never accepted that. Romans 10, 9 says, you confess your mouth to Jesus Lord and believe that God raised from the dead. For your sins, you will be saved. And there's some people in the room who never confessed that. And we can't be real love until we receive his real love. Well, that's how we know what love is. So hey, at all of our campuses, if you'd like to receive that love today, let's pray together. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. You don't do anything alone at Faith Promise. We love you. We love you too much for that to be the case. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you came and died for my sin. You laid down my life to bridge the gap between me and God. I will live for God. I will live for you because you died for me. Be my Lord. Be my first love. Amen. Can we celebrate the people who gave a lot to Christ? That's exciting. That's exciting. As, as we prepare for the generosity portion of our service, I just want to take a second and celebrate uh, what we did for Heart for the Harvest. See, Heart for the Harvest, this is what Pastor was most heartbroken that he's sick and he missed because he wants to thank you and I want to thank you. And if I could thank you maybe a little different way than Pastor could. See, I gave my life at Faith Promise Church. I was called to ministry at Faith Promise Church. Faith Promise Church developed my wife into the woman of God that she is. Faith Promise loves on my kids faith promise is at the center of of all these good things that Jesus does done in my life and the people that I see day in and day out who don't have something like that when we give for heart for the harvest and it's us saying hey we will give so that real more real people with real problems can experience real love oh my gosh it's unbelievable and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as somebody who prays that faith promise is blowing and going, that faith promise is just being the real love, the go-do till Jesus comes back. 
So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I want to celebrate with you that in a time where people think about all, uh, that everything is theirs, and there's a lot of people at all of our campuses who aren't sure how they're going to make ends meet. Everybody has dreams that if they had some more money, they can do. But in spite of all those lies, in spite of everything that the enemy put in our way, we gave $1.5 million. Is that not unbelievable? Praise God. Give God some praise about that. That's unbelievable. My gosh. God is so good. And again, I want to thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I, I know I've got some best friends who still don't know Jesus, and I believe they're going to meet Jesus at Faith Promise Church. If they don't meet Jesus at Faith Promise, they will come here to be, they will be coming to be loved on. They will come here to meet him and to grow with him. I know that. I believe that. And I believe it's the same thing for all of us. And that's why we continue to be generous. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart, but we keep on going. And as we get ready to give our, our offering today, as we get ready to, 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 to be generous and to be obedient, again, I just want to say thank you. And I just want to say, I believe that we're just getting started. And I believe that the best days are ahead. And as we're in student ministry, I look at some of these, some of these students. I see our next pastors. I see our next worship leaders. And I see us giving so they have a place to express their God-given dreams, their God-given potential, the power of the Holy Spirit is put inside of them. So let's pray as we prepare to give. God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for your people at Faith Promise Church. God, thank you that we do come together the best we know how and be the bride of Christ. Thank you so much. God, and as, as we prepare to be generous, as we prepare to be obedient, God, I, I pray that we would, God, that we would know that we don't do this to make ourselves feel good, but God, we do it because you asked us to do it. And we do it because there's nothing that we want that's more important than seeing your vision and then seeing your purpose, then seeing the gospel continue, portrayed, pushed, moved. God, and that's what we'll live for. We will live for the go-do of real love. I pray right now that you would bless the gift and the giver. In your precious name we pray, amen. Let's worship in our giving.